Sassy Specula. Sassy Specula. Sassy Specula. You're listening to the Sassy Speculum. Hello, hello, Sassy Speculumites. I'm your host, Adrian, and today I am very excited because I feel like it has been a literal eternity since I've gotten to do an episode that's just 100% research-based, fun, and informative information coming straight to you from reputable sources as well as from my brain. Um, This week's episode is going to be all about vaginal discharges, what's healthy and normal, what's not, what to be on the lookout for, and how it changes throughout your cycle, as well as what your discharge is trying to tell you about your internal health. Because as annoying as that cream pie in your panties is, it does have a purpose, and it can give you a clue in about what could be going on inside of your body. So get ready for a deep dive into vaginal discharge in a bit, but first, some housekeeping things, of course. First, this episode is coming out on the exact same day that my interview with Kat from Honeyskin is coming out. Check out her podcast on the SDT Talk. She was on my last episode as a guest that I put out two weeks ago, and then I got the pleasure of being on hers as well on, we recorded on uh, Sunday, Saturday. It was Saturday, yeah. Um, Anyways, we talk all about nutrition and skin health, how the gut plays a role in your skin, and so much more. So go give that a listen after you listen to this episode. I do have some more guests lined up to talk on the podcast, but I'm thinking that maybe I should do like every other episode with a guest and alternate with an episode that's just me talking at you. Tell me what you guys think about that. Second on the housekeeping list is my amazing sponsor for this episode, Momentaro Apotheca, and they couldn't have picked a better episode to start working with Sassy Speculum because they are a certified organic and cruelty-free vulvovaginal care line that works to support the body's natural ability to heal instead of to fight against it, like antibiotics do. If you're someone who has been on the, I took antibiotics for my yeast infection and now I have another yeast infection cycle for forever, antibiotics are probably not the best choice for you. You want a product that will support and encourage proper vaginal flora growth and not hinder it. Momotaro Apotheca's products are all plant-based that work gently and effectively to address the most common issues that we women have the pleasure of dealing with. Their products don't interfere with your pH balance, your hormones, your pheromones, or any other medications. They have products for daily care, pre- and postpartum, after-sex care, menopause, yeast infections, and bacterial vaginosis, UTIs, lichen sclerosis, and also for symptoms like dryness, itchiness, and just overall irritation. One of the founders of this company, Lindsay, is going to be on the next episode coming out May 15th to talk about her journey and the amazing products. But if you order yours today, you'll get a discount of 20% with code SASSYSPECULUM, all one word, all caps, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed with the quality and the effectiveness of these organic plant-based products for whatever vulvovaginal complaint you might have. Their website is momotaroapotheca.com. That's M-O-M-O-T-A-R-O. A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A dot com and use the code Sassy Speculum to get 20% off your order. That's S-A-S-S-Y-S-P-E-C-U-L-U-M. All one word and all caps and that's 20% off and I will also be posting their website on my own website so that you'll have a direct link to their products. And as always, please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to it 
Give me a follow on Instagram and TikTok at Sassy Speculum, and I will try to entertain you through the confines of social media. Also, I do have new news. A few episodes ago, I talked about possibly changing my website because it seemed like a huge pain to lead you podcasters to my doula website for more podcast information. So to make that easier for everyone, and because I'm I'm not a, being a doula right now or plan to in the near future again, um, I have officially changed my website domain to www.sassyspeculum.com, which is just overall way easier. Here you can find different ways to listen to the podcast, swag, a comment forum, and drumroll please, I have opened up my waitlist for those of you who have mentioned interest in becoming a patient of mine. You can now officially get on the waitlist and we will contact you um, once I have a schedule scheduled. <laughs> um, just head over to www.saucyspeculum.com, scroll down until you find my waitlist, and I will be starting to see patients in October of this year in Lake Oswego, Oregon, but I will be seeing patients both in person and with telemedicine, so you can honestly be anywhere in the world, which is very exciting news, and I cannot wait to see you guys um, as patients. Now that we've covered all of that, let's jump right into that vaginal discharge. First things first, what the heck is it? Why do our panties sometimes look like you're squirting out vanilla ice cream? Well, vaginal discharge is a completely natural and normal occurrence in women. It's a way for the body to keep the vagina clean and healthy by flushing out dead cells and bacteria. Many people have heard that the vagina is self-cleaning and vaginal discharge is exactly how it got this descriptor. It is generally best to let the vagina clean itself. Douching and the products available on like Target or Walmart's shelves are not needed and they can actually do more harm than good. Your cervix makes a mucus every day that mixes with bacteria and old cells from the vagina who then kicks it out of the vagina and into your undies. Just like when you get a cold and your nose gets runny, your nose is making a substance that can nab the nasty infection bugs out of your body and rid you of the bugs causing your illness. Besides kicking out the bad, cervical mucus also has the job of carrying in the good. If you remember from an earlier episode, the sperm elevator, that's cervical mucus. The sperm elevator helps spermies move through the cervix and into the uterus so that it can swim up and fertilize an egg during ovulation. It also has the job of preventing sperm and other substances from getting into the cervix when it's not the right time for a sperm to be attempting at finding an egg friend. Now, those are two very different jobs. One is helping the sperm into the cervix, and the other is cutting it off before it can even get to it. But the cervical mucus isn't sentient, so how the heck does it know when to turn on the open sign and when you're closed up for the week? Well, the cervical mucus actually changes in color texture, and volume throughout your menstrual cycle to better serve whichever job it's currently trying to accomplish, and your hormone fluctuations, specifically estrogen, is actually what is in charge of determining what your discharge looks like at each time of the month. Days one through six of your cycle, so the first day of your cycle is the day that you start bleeding. It's not the day you stop bleeding or the day after you stop bleeding, no. The first day of your cycle is the first day that you notice blood escaping out of your vagina. These first six days, the discharge is dry and tacky with a white or yellowish tinge. Your cervix knows that slurping up a sperm right now would be totally pointless as the cozy bed a fertilized egg would snuggle into is currently being excised from the uterus. 
Your cervical mucus mixes with that cozy bed, and it's basically impossible to tease out what is blood and what is mucus during this time. On days 7 through 9, the discharge starts to become creamy, cloudy, and white. Estrogen is starting to ramp up to full power during these days before it comes to a complete peak right before ovulation around days 10 to 14 of your cycle. As you get closer to ovulation, you'll typically see more mucus that is thin, slick, and wet, but can often be stretched between your thumb and forefinger if you're bored and want to go play with your bodily fluids. It's stretchy so that it can help sloop up some sperm up from the vagina and onto that elevator and into the uterus to find an egg friend. And finally, after ovulation, estrogen plummets and progesterone rises to build up that cushy bed for the fertilized egg. During this time, there's much less mucus, but it is thick and dry, and you may notice it looks a little bit more crusty in your undies than mucusy. This is because the body is like, yo, you either put a baby in me or you didn't, but either way, it's not sperm time, and your cervix puts up a little barrier towards sperms getting in. Some people chart their cervical mucus throughout their cycle so that they know where they are in their cycle. It can tell you when you are fertile and most likely to conceive or when you're not fertile and pregnancy is less likely. Following this method is called the natural family planning method. And while I have nothing against this method at all, I think a word of caution is necessary as the only time I've ever heard people tell me a birth control method did not work for them, they were using this method. And all of those people have kids now. It's almost like a running joke at my school as so many students have decided to go this route and so many of them are now suddenly moms while finishing up med school. Not that there is anything at all wrong with that whatsoever, but just take a little, take that little nugget and store it in your brain for whenever you might need that information. And if you are using this method, when your mucus is looking and feeling like a raw egg white, you are a fertile myrtle. Think of your uterus like a swimming pool. Your cervical mucus is water, and the sperm is someone trying to swim. If the water is thick or mud-like or even all dried up, there is no way a person could swim through that to reach the other side of the pool. That's how hard it would be for a sperm to reach your fallopian tubes if your mucus isn't fertile myrtle status. It's much easier for sperm to swim to the other side of the uterus in thin, wet, egg-white mucus. This egg white discharge lasts for about four days, and then after ovulation for the rest of your cycle, discharge is more dry and crusty until you get your period, because there's no need for sperm to crawl up into the cervix anymore. Discharge also changes with pregnancy, and this can be seen as an early sign of pregnancy, actually, if you're really paying attention. As I just mentioned, discharge thickens and dries up after ovulation until you start bleeding. But... If you conceived at ovulation, your body will still produce some mucus. In other cases, implantation bleeding can be seen, which tinges the discharge a brown or pink colored, which shows up usually around the time your period would. So some people originally see this as not getting pregnant and as getting their period, but in fact, it's just a little bit of mucusy stuff that's only tinged brown or pink. It's more likely fertilized egg implantation bleeding and not a full-blown period if you experience this. Some other things that can change the color and or texture of discharge are breastfeeding, which turns the discharge yellow for the first few weeks after labor as the uterus is shedding the mucous membrane that lined the uterus during pregnancy. This discharge is called lochia and is actually one part of the ways that the body heals itself after birth. 
it's normal after a vaginal or a C-section birth also. Using lubes changes the consistency and can change the color of um, vaginal discharge as lubes usually alter the vaginal pH and the body recognizes the lube as a foreign substance, so we'll try to expel it using its own defense mechanisms. Altering the pH also opens up, up risk for vaginal infections. Hormonal birth control will typically thicken vaginal discharge as well because discharge is so inherently connected with estrogen and hormonal birth control, even if it doesn't have estrogen, still affects the overall levels of estrogen in the body. Wow, how many times can I say estrogen in one sentence? Um, STIs and other vaginal infections um, change lots of parameters of vaginal discharge, which we will get to in a little bit. Having surgery on your cervix, like a colposcopy, for example, changes the discharge to a brown-yellow color that can resemble gauze, tissue, or even coffee grounds. And this is also considered normal and should resolve within a few days. Medications like antibiotics, hormone replacement therapy, chemotherapies, spermicides, and vaginal cleansing products can change quality and quantity of vaginal discharge in many different ways. And finally, stress and diet also can change how your discharge looks and feels. For example, a high-sugar diet kills off the good bacteria in your vagina, which can then cause an imbalance, opening one up for more infections. And processed foods depress the immune system, which can also cause infections and vaginal dryness as well. And stress also increases your vaginal discharge amount, um, oddly enough. So that's going to bring us right into the next topic of how to know when your discharge is telling you that something might be off inside. The biggest indicator that pretty much every person with a uterus can see without any extra work is the color of the discharge. Starting with the first color of the wind, brown or dark red. This is obviously common during your period as the mucus is mixing with the blood from the uterine lining. A slight jump in topic, but I have a lot of patients ask me what color menstrual blood is normal. The blood can range from bright blood red to rusty brown red. The darker the blood, the longer it's been in your body waiting to be flushed out. If your periods are predominantly full of bright red blood, your body is an excellent blood getter outer, and you don't retain any from month to month. If your periods are the opposite and you only see dark red or rusty colored blood, Something might be going on with some blood stagnation, and I'd recommend seeing a provider who feels comfortable talking about these things. Blood stagnation can also cause symptoms like pelvic pain, endometriosis, and um, pain during your period, um, as well as PMSE symptoms. I honestly, I'm unsure how allopathic doctors are trained to fix this type of situation, but I can tell you that a naturopath would be more than willing to provide you with appropriate resources to clearing out your uterus, especially if you're trying to get pregnant in the near future. It is important to get a move on with cleaning out that future home. Um, this is not something that you want to be doing also from the internet or TikTok. I recommend um, having a doctor help you out with these things. But back to the topic at hand, if you are seeing red or brown discharge throughout the month when you are not on your period, this could be a sign of an underlying health condition, like an infection. If you are postmenopausal, this is reason enough to schedule an appointment with your doctor. Next colors are pale yellow to neon green. If it's yellow, don't immediately jump to problematic. Very lightly tinged yellow discharge is actually a lot more common than you might think. 
and can happen when the discharge comes into contact with air, actually. However, if the discharge is very yellow or green in color, this is cause for concern as it's an indication of an infection usually, specifically gonorrhea or chlamydia. If you are seeing a yellowy-green thick discharge with a strong odor, it's time to get checked out by your doctor. The bacteria that causes both gonorrhea and chlamydia actually are mainly found in that discharge, which is how it's so easily passed from partner to partner, but it's also so easily treatable as it's not a systemic infection in its early stages. Bacterial vaginosis can also actually present with a green discharge, although gray is more common, but a very strong fishy odor and vaginal discomfort will be present with bacterial vaginosis most often. Bottom line, if you suddenly notice a new yellow or green discharge and are dealing with other vaginal or systemic symptoms, schedule a visit with your doctor to get it checked out. And as embarrassing as this might feel to tell your doctor about, I super duper promise there is no judgment here, and I also guarantee that we have seen way worse. And what's the worst that could happen? You find out that you have a very treatable infection and get the medications that you need to heal it quickly to avoid complications, or you find out that you ate too much kale in one sitting and need to cool it on your green food intake. Either way, it's a win-win. Next color is blush pink to a deep pink. This is a sign that bleeding is happening somewhere in the genital tract. Often it can be a sign that your period is starting or that you banged a bit too hard and roughly. It could also be breakthrough bleeding from birth control use or um, emergency contraceptive use. Or it could be a sign of cervical polyps, which are a benign growth on the cervix. Or also irritation from an infection, as pretty much any vaginal infection can cause bleeding from the vaginal walls that end up causing pinkish discharge. And in very, very rare situations, pinkish discharge can be a sign of cervical cancer. If you suddenly have pinky discharge and can't correlate it to a recent quickie or an infection, this is considered abnormal bleeding and it is warrant enough to visit a doctor. And finally, if your discharge is gray or looks like an Oregon storm cloud in August, this could be a sign of bacterial vaginosis, or BV, which is a just, it's just a fancy way of saying bacterial overgrowth in the vagina. It could also be trichomoniasis, another sexually transmitted infection that is very treatable. And remember, if you get any of these discharges and they seem weird or out of place, your discharge doesn't exist in a vacuum. Look out for other symptoms and keep in mind certain variables that can change the color of your discharge. If something feels off, it's best to see your doctor to just get it checked out and have some peace of mind. So, white or clear discharge is the norm and sign of a healthy vagina, but of course there's more to it than just color. The texture matters as well. If your discharge is anything other than the dry and sticky, creamy, cloudy, or egg white textures mentioned earlier, it would be a good time to pay attention and see if you're experiencing any other symptoms in your body. For example, thick, white, clumpy vaginal discharge that kind of looks like cottage cheese and it doesn't smell or it smells different than your usual discharge does, this could be a sign of a yeast infection. You may also notice a creamy, whitish coating in and around your vagina, and most people with yeast infections also experience itching, burning, and or redness around the vagina. Or, if the discharge is white, watery, thin, and smells like you left a fish in your underwear, this could also be bacterial vaginosis. As I said, BV can also be gray or greenish as well. 
Long story short, vaginal discharge is abnormal when it is heavier or thicker than usual, white and clumpy like cottage cheese, gray, green, yellow, or slightly bloody, or smelly. With abnormal discharges, you may also have itching, burning, a rash, or soreness in your vulva. I do want to move on to a Reddit post that was sent to me a few days ago, um, posted in the Too Afraid to Ask subreddit. The title of the post is, Why Am I Constantly Wet Even When I'm Not Aroused? And the rest of the post says, I feel like I'm soaking through my panties at a weirdly quick pace. When I was a teenager, I remember having a lot of issues getting wet, even when having sex. But now I'm in my early 20s, and I can honestly say, I'm wet all the time, even though I'm not aroused. It's gotten to the point that some of the guys I hook up with have commented on how I don't need any warming up, or how especially wet I am after foreplay. Don't think it's to the point that I'm self-conscious of it, but still, is this a cause for concern? Edit. I know it's just my discharge, and it's a healthy color, texture, and smell. Just wondering why I'm producing so much more of it within the past few years. First and foremost, I want to say that no man or woman should make you feel uncomfortable about your body, and if he's making jokes about your lubed-up situation down there, you don't need to stand for that. It's your body, and I'm pretty sure that he would prefer you giving him a fire hose rather than nothing at all, so feel free to tell him to F off. Second, to answer your question, there are many different causes of heavy vaginal discharge, but let's talk about what is a normal amount. In a 24-hour period, vaginal discharge ranges from 1 to 4 milliliters, which is just under a teaspoon. Before and during ovulation, you may notice a slightly larger amount, but not by much. So let's get to the multiple reasons why one might have an increase in vaginal discharge. As many of us know, getting sexually turned on produces a clear, watery secretion from the vagina for lubrication. There is no quote-unquote normal amount of secretion during arousal. Also, if you're having sex with someone who has a penis without a condom, semen will usually remain in the vagina after sex and slowly leak or suddenly gush out of the vag afterwards. This could seem like a sudden heavy vaginal discharge, but obviously it's just your dude's sploosh that you've been saving up. And for the record, the fact that this happens was just like the worst design God could have ever come up with because no one likes to suddenly have sperm running down their leg or ruining their yoga pants. Secondly, as I've already mentioned, before ovulation, the body does increase the production of mucus in order to make the vagina more acidic, which is friendly for the spermies to make conception possible. Even if you are on birth control, your body will still produce this extra discharge. Thirdly, and I highly doubt that this was the case of Madame Reddit poster's increased lubed-upness, but pregnancy can change the amount of discharge, and many describe a feeling of a sudden increase in clear or white discharge that continues throughout their entire pregnancy. Fourth, fifth, and sixth, a yeast infection bacterial vaginosis, or STI, can increase the amount of discharge as your vagina is self-cleaning and trying to get rid of the microbe imbalance through its self-cleaning job. However, as Miss Redditor said, her discharge is normal, so probably not due to these three either. Seventhly, hormone imbalances can change the amount of discharge. We often hear of the drying up associated with menopause due to the drop in estrogen, but with perimenopause, there are so many hormonal fluctuations that increases in quality have also been noted. One might also connect that if the quantity is associated with hormone concentrations, birth control, and hormone-related conditions like PCOS, thyroid dysregulation, adrenal dysfunction, endometriosis, or adenomyosis can all cause elevated amounts of discharge. 
So it's important to rule out all of these if worried about hormones being the culprit. As I said earlier, stress can also significantly increase the amount of discharge one has, which also has a direct correlation on hormone regulation and function. Everything is tied together. It's all connected. So it is possible that this Redditor has put herself into a very stressful situation that has led to a hormone imbalance causing an elevated amount of dampness in her vajayjay. It's also possible that maybe she changed birth controls from when she was a teenager and now she's in her early 20s and is on a different birth control and her body's managing those hormones a little bit differently. And lastly, an ongoing increase in discharge that is not due to a known cause may rarely be indicative of cervical cancer. However, there are usually other signs associated with cancer that are much more bothersome, like pelvic pain, painful sex, bleeding after sex, heavy menstrual bleeding, and or bleeding between periods. And I will have you know that those are all symptoms of endometriosis and adenomyosis as well. So if you have those symptoms, don't just automatically jump to cervical cancer. It's pretty rare um, in terms of excessive vaginal discharge being the first symptom that would show up for cervical cancer and go get your paps and you'll find out for sure whether or not that's the problem. Now you or said Reddit poster may be wondering, okay, but how do I stop it because it's terrible? Well, like any good doctor will say, the best way to slow down excessive discharge is by addressing what's causing it. This is usually the treatment in and of itself. Unfortunately, like pretty much everything else in life, there is rarely an easy fix where I can give you a pill and magically all of your problems are gone and you have a house in the suburbs where you live happily ever after with whomever you want to be living with. I wish life was that easy, but then also I probably wouldn't have a job and I'd never be able to pay back my student loans. Moving on, um, along with the changes in color or texture, when do you need to see your doctor rapidly? If you're also experiencing pelvic pain, pus coming out of your vagina, a fever, if you see poop in your vaginal discharge, or if you have bloody discharge after menopause, or if a child has a fever with yellow or green discharge that smells kind of fishy, this could be an STI and could be from sexual abuse and that child needs to see a doctor as soon as possible. That's pretty much all that I have for you guys on discharges today. Um, remember that discharge is beneficial and it's necessary as it cleans out bacteria from your vagina, making the vagina a self-cleaning organ, which is pretty stinking cool. And your normal discharge, it's just that. It's normal. And your normal is probably different than my normal, and that is totally okay. Some women feel the need to get rid of their discharges with douching, but this is strongly recommended against as douching washes away the healthy bacteria that works so hard to prevent infections in the vagina. You are only making yourself more susceptible to further problems if you try and get rid of your discharge. If you are ever concerned that you have too much discharge, panty liners can help you deal with this, but it's important to not wear them all of the time as they can also make it easier for infections to weasel they, their way in. The plastic backing on the panty liners prevents air from flowing through, causing a retainer of heat and sweat, making it easier for bacteria and fungi to grow. So changing these every couple of hours and letting your vag breathe is very important. If you haven't gotten the gist of it, pretty much everything can make you more susceptible to infections. So just do the natural, normal procedures um, and you should be fine. <laughs> um, hopefully you learned something about your down under liquid today. I know I did prepping for this episode. 
As always, please rate and review the podcast and check out my new website, www.sassyspeculum.com. Today's vagina rhyme is... Oh my gosh, I already did that one. Okay. My vag is a lamp that turns on and stays warm, setting the mood, making darkness transform. That's your vagina rhyme for today. And with that, I'm going to leave you so long and good night. Bye.